Good afternoon and welcome everybody into another edition of the Devoted Steelers Podcast. I am the D as in Dimitri George. Join alongside my co-host as always. He is the V, Vince Paparella. And Vince, let's jump right into it. Well, Vince, the Steelers sit at 6-5 and five after their victory over the Cincinnati Bengals, 16-10. Uh, greatest of football games you've ever seen in your life, uh, but nonetheless, Steelers get it done. Um, after the first possession in the third quarter, Devlin Hodges takes over for... Um, Mason Rudolph, who was struggling yet again. Um, third play of his first series, Devlin connects with Jays Washington, who really makes a nice play. Um, sits B.W. Webb, sits B.W. Webb right on his ass and uh, goes into the end zone for a 79-yard touchdown. Bengals do come back to tie it up there, uh, 10-10. Um, kind of went back and forth for a little bit. Then the Bengals were threatening. Um, but uh, after a completion to Tyler Boyd, um, really nice play by Devin Bush to knock the ball out. And Johnny on the spot, Minka Fitzpatrick picks it up. Steelers go up by field goal. Um, then they're able to cause a, a punt, and they're able to put it on another three points. So now it's 16-10. And then the Steelers' defense is able to close it out with a Bud Dupree. Uh, the, tr- the trifecta, the sack, strip, fumble, and he actually recovers it. Steelers, after the outcomes of Thursday night's game and Sunday's game, but they went to bed on Sunday night as the sixth seed in the AFC, um, which is great news. Um, Remarkable. And uh, so here we are. Um, obviously, uh, Mason struggled. Um, given all things considered, you have to think that some of it had to do with some of the stuff that's going on off the field. Um, but overall, what was your assessment of Mason uh, in that game on Sunday? Obviously not great because he got benched, but what do you think was the reasoning that he got benched? Uh, to be, well, first and foremost, to be quite honest with you, I was bored you know, for most of that game. Um, just like both offenses and you know, there was really no special flash plays. No scoring. It was just a regular 0 0 football game out. I think Mason you know, was really doing anything lose the game early. He just wasn't going to make any plays. Um, but taking a look back at it now, watching a couple times, you know, I, I know that he is doing this, you know, every single week the list of wide receivers has been different. So Juju this time, um, but Deontay Johnson will thankfully able to make it back. And I know there's a lot of struggle, but, you know, we are just there is just no spark and there's no scheming to this offense to get the wide receivers open. And so as much as I want to yell at Mason, I mean, because he, especially towards the end of that first half, he played really, really poorly. Um, but, you know, that he, he isn't receiving a lot of help. And I'll, I'll give a lot of credit. I know this is not a popular opinion among Steelers fans, but Alejandro Villanueva got sat down a couple times um, and he did not play well. Now, going back on Mason's criticism, he, he is looking like the Statue of Liberty in that pocket, man. There is zero mobility, which was so refreshing to see once that came out. Um, he, you know, he's a statue back there. And, and I was like, how many times do I got to see his arm get hit, you know, moving forward because he's laid on a throw or he won't, you know, move inside the pocket? You know, somebody like Tom Brady and I, you know, they're in two different, you know, they're much different quarterbacks, um, you know, as far as pedigree goes. But, you know, even Tom, you know, he's not a scramble, but he's moving around. Here, but because don't expect to clean pocket to pass for every single time. 
so and that was really frustrating too. And, you know, by the end of that first series, I think it was really important that Mike kind of pulled him at least that for a while. But, you know, you really need to work on the mechanics, the timing, the time. You just need to break your need to get somebody else in there. So I agree. I think a lot of the you know, and, and the great guys at Steel Depot have really been breaking it down, looking at the film, and it's kind of been the same thing with Mason the last couple of weeks. He's just kind of been late on a lot of things, um, late to, to anticipate rush, um, late to deliver the ball on time. A couple times he was trying to target Tevin Jones in the red zone, very late. Um, I just, to me, when I watch Mason, and again, I've been pro-Mason. Um, when he was drafted, I was not pro-Mason. Um but when everything happened with Ben, you know, I, I, I wanted to give him at least a chance. Again, regardless of the fact that I agreed with the drafting of him at the time or not, I still was very open to giving him a chance because the reality is no one knew how he was going to be. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that Mason is awful and, and can't play. And, you know, yes, has he, has he played well recently? No. But up until the last two games, he was not turning the ball over and he wasn't as Mike Tomlin said in his press conference, he wasn't killing us. There's a lot of things that have happened um, over the last couple of weeks, and there's no excuses. The reality is Mason hasn't been performing, and I think the Steelers realize, regardless of his long-term development, the, the opportunity to make the playoffs, and so they've got to do what's best for them to wake the playoffs this year. Um, it is not, this is not a year this, – this is not like a year where they're just going to – you know, they're out of the playoff race and they're just kind of seeing what they have. This is an opportunity to get in the playoffs. Um, and so they're going to put who is ever out there to give them the best chance to win it. Right now, that's Devlin. And again, was Devlin great on Sunday? No. But guess what? His third play hits a wide open James Washington. Yes. But again, you can, and even though he didn't play well in terms of his numbers after that, after that touchdown pass, you can, you can see the, the why they go to him, right? A little bit more mobility, escape, escape out of the pocket, extend plays. Um, kind of makes his decision a lot faster than Mason. His internal clock is a lot faster. Um, so I appreciate um, the willingness to acknowledge that right now, this is, again, this is a, a, a Mike Tomlin decision indicating that this is not we're – not, we're not conceding this season. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to do our best to get in the playoffs and see what happens. Um, and on Sunday, again, Mason, while didn't play well, not giving up on him, not saying he can't be a guy that can be a potential starter in the future. I think right now it's just the best for the Steelers to go move forward with Devlin, um, whether it's just this week um, or for the rest of the season. Um, we'll see. But I think right now um, Devlin is the right choice, which obviously we'll get into obviously him being named the starter for the game against Cleveland. Um, but on Sunday, um, Mason just struggled. And to Mike Thomas' point, couldn't agree more. And I think as many Steelers fans wanted – it just needed a spark. There was no way they could lose that game in Cincinnati. Um, and so it worked out. So, and defensively, um, again, um, I don't, it's the, to me, to be honest, as great as they played, I expected that. That's the Bengals we're talking about. That's Ryan Finley at quarterback. You know, I'm, they, I think they had, what, I don't know what their numbers were for three, but I think they're, 10 I expected that that's how great I think this defense is and those are the type of numbers that I expect 10 points and that one drive was a hell of a catch by Tyler Boyd 
on the on against Terrell Evans with one arm with one hand, who I think Terrell was kind of interfering with him anyways. Yeah. And then um, he threw a duck that Joe Hayden was out of position um, and couldn't get himself in front of the ball because I think that's a I think that's a play he would love to have back. But again, two big plays. That was it. Other than that, they didn't move a damn thing. So I mean, they ran the ball. They did, and they did. They did have some runs, um, no doubt. Um, especially in the second half. Yeah. Joe Mixon started to make some hay. But, again, nothing really killed them. Um, but, again, I, my opinion, and he might have a different one, I expected that. No, I, I expect that, too. I mean, you know, I really didn't want him to move the ball at all, and I was uh, frustrated a couple times. Uh, like you said, that Joe Mixon had – and he's a really good running back. Let me say that first and foremost, but – um, those are a few too many, you know, after the yard or after the catch yards that I'd like to see tightened up. You know, just kind of looking forward. You know, they're playing some good teams like the Bills and the Browns. Oh, now, not, now, now that they're playing aggressive on the ball and you don't want them to play the tackle the catch, now you now you want them to tackle the catch now? No, make no, up no, your, no, no, Make no, up no. your I'm mind saying, now, sir. I'm saying, like, the <laughs> once the running back catches the ball, like, they're getting, like, 7 to 10 yards afterwards. Like, uh, I th- I th- I'm thinking you're talking about tackle the catch type of stuff. No, 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 no. I ain't going back to that. Um, you know, and you know, at the end of the day, it was 10 points. You know, I was obviously frustrated at the end of the first half when it was 10 to 3. Um, or sorry, 7 to 3, excuse me. Right. Um, but, you know, they straightened things out. And it's just really – you're begging this offense to do something. Could you imagine right now if they get a quarterback in there that could throw for 250 every week and a, a rush that could get close to 100 yards? I mean, they'd be blowing teams out. Honest to God, they'd be blowing teams out because you can count on at least two turnovers a game. You know, and that's something that didn't happen against Cleveland that really needs to happen this time. And if they turn the, if Cleveland turns the ball over twice and Pittsburgh does not turn the ball over or does not kill them, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, they have a very good chance of winning this game. So it's win the turnover battle and just, get, you know, being able to sustain and move this offense. I actually thought that overall the drive was sustaining. Like, I really liked the, the second drive of the game with Mason Rudolph. And, you know, he just threw that interception where his hand was hit. I'm just like, what in the heck is he doing down there? But again – as the great Alex Azor pointed out of Steelers Depot, Tevin Jones is open. Mason Rudolph a- waits a set, waits entirely too long. Ball's got to come out. Yeah. This isn't the Big Twelve. No, but, no, people aren't running free forever. I mean, as soon as it's, when he's open in the NFL, you got to hit him right then. Yeah, you got to throw with some anticipation. So, um, I I really like the running backs they use now. Well, I, you're that's a tremendous segue because I was just going to ask you. We can't say enough about guys like Deion Kane and Kareth White, right? I mean, they come in a week of the game, off people's practice squads, and again, not huge contributions, but I mean, they made their they made their presence felt. I mean, Deion Kane had a one catch for thirty five yards, drew a pass interference penalty, and he actually is a guy um, that I think could potentially stick long term. Um, for the Steelers, big guy, kind of bigger guy, right? A four four forty, I think, out of Clemson. Um, just kind of needs some, you know, a little bit raw, but continue to work with him. And I, I think you got you could have a potential nice, yeah, uh, nice speed on the outside. Um, now that they don't have some speed, obviously, uh, Juju plays faster than he you would think. Uh, and Deontay's got some wheels to him too, but I think you have a nice guy that can kind of take the top off, that's nice. And, again, they're going to add to that position in the offseason, but he's definitely a guy that I think could throw himself into that mix. And then Kareth White, I mean, what do you have, six carries for 43 yards or whatever it was? I think it was more than that. Right. I mean, his first carry is a thing of beauty. Yeah. 
um, talk about their performance and how, how, you know, what was your reaction? First, did you know who they were? And secondly, did you, were you surprised? Well, I knew who Deion Kane was because I remember, I remember him with Clemson and I remembered him with the Colts. I had no idea who this white guy was. White. white. I said his name. I think it was with the Chicago Bears practice squad. Correct. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I, I knew nothing about him. You know, I was actually mad that they got rid of uh, Tony Brooks James. Tony Brooks James. I'm like, Tony Brooks James doing finally. Why would we get rid of him? But, uh, you know, speaking to less their abilities and what they were able to do was, you, you know, Benny Snell is Benny Snell. You know, he's the, he's the round and pound, much like James Conner. Um, but what it's like they were able to throw in some off-speed pitches you know, to do a baseball reference. Like, okay, it was Benny Snell, Benny Snell. It was Pharrell Edmonds or that uh, – the Evans brother, excuse me, um, running back, first name. Um, Raymond. Jalen? Oh. Um, and then you had, you know, Samuels, who has just drastically declined. But my point here is that you were able to run the ball kind of, you know, between the tackles, if you will, um, with Benny Snell. And then you had a, a, a really quick guy in white that was able to bounce to the outside. You know, obviously, DeCastro was pulling uh, with both running backs. And they were able to get some nice carries runs that right side of the Bengals defense. Um, so if they can, you know, especially you think Connor's going to come back maybe in the next two to three games, you know, coming towards the end of the season, you could have a very nice, you know, if you want to sit Daniels down or do something else, you know, you could have Connor and you could have Snell and you could have a really kind of a fast guy, you know, maybe at least returning kicks or get him in there occasionally for the running back. See, I, I know Samuels hasn't been what we thought maybe he could be. Um, but I don't think that's fair. Appointments. I, I, it has been, but I don't think it. I don't know if he's necessarily all the way back. I mean, I know it's been weeks now since his surgery, but I think he definitely lost a little bit of explosiveness. Um, I, to me, I think Samuels can still be a player that they can have for the future in terms of a guy. But again, we 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 know um, that he's not a he's not a every down back. He's kind of one of those guys that you kind of get him involved in the offense, whether it's third down. I mean, let's think of a guy like uh, Veron Haynes. Um, I'm taking it back. I don't. You don't even remember Ron Haynes, huh. um, but that kind of that kind of role I think would be good for him. Um, third down, no huddle kind of thing, right? So that's something I think for the future, whatever. But I agree with you. I think this, if anything, this has to tell them that they cannot rely on James Conner for a full 16 game season. So whether or not they like to, you know, I know they like to have one ball carrier, but that just can't happen. It just it's just not possible. I don't think unless they draft somebody who is that kind of guy this year. Um, the reality is they, it'd behoove them going the stretch to have a bunch of guys, Samuels, Connor, uh, Edmonds, uh, White, all Benny Snell, all these guys, just use them all. Um, that's not going to hurt. I mean, you've already got so much turnover offensively that if you go by running back by committee, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's not like this team has a great running game as it is. No. So the more bodies you throw in there, the, the more looks you can throw at people. Again, you, you, you pound him, pound him, pound him with Benny Snell. Um, then you throw Kareth White in, who's got some juice. Or then you throw Jalen Samuels, who can, who can get, get you out of the backfield. That's, those are the kind of things that I'm talking about. Um, so I'm really hoping that they kind of take that approach moving forward. Um, but it was great to see those guys like Deion Cannon and Kareth White come in and make plays. Kudos to them and their preparation and, and being professionals. Um, hopefully, again, they continue to inf- you know, in, you know, infuse them into the offense moving forward. Um, moving on to Mike Tomlin's press conference again, biggest takeaway, 
Um, and the Steelers did did have their first practice of the week this uh, yesterday. Today, um, and we'll get I'll get into the injury report here in a second. Um, but the main story is for this week, and it sounds like potentially this week only. Maybe it's long term. We don't know. Uh, Mike Tomlin's not characterizing as a it's kind of for this week kind of thing. Uh, Devlin Hodges will get the start for the Steelers against the Browns. Just what was your reaction? Were you surprised? Do you like the decision? You know, what what are your thoughts on Devlin being a starter? You know, my reaction is the same as it was when you know, he was put in second half of the Cincinnati game. It's a needed thing. Uh, it's it's a needed change. And, you know, what what I think prompted this is that Mason has not played like he did against Cincinnati and Cleveland the rest of the year. You know, going back to that Seahawks game, like he, you know, he was you know, on a very kind of slow, gradual upward trajectory. And now he kind of, you see this like rapid, um, you know, drop in his play. And I think Mike Tomlin is trying to prevent that. It's like, all right, don't continue down this path. Like, let's get the reset. Let's get the refocus. And I think this is just about the preservation of Mason Rudolph as it is for keeping this team moving forward. You know, he does, he does not want to lose Mason, you know, on a bad game stretch and never be able to recover. I know that Mason is, you know, mentally tough. Well, they say that's one of his, um, you know, defining traits, if you will. But this is, you know, this is also, you know, some preservation technique by Mike Tomlin. As far as Devin Hodges, you know, I, I, I'm excited to see something different than what we have seen the statue that's been Mason Rudolph the past two games. Um, but as far as the talent goes, like, you know, he was five for 11. You know, he had a really one long pass. Besides that, he didn't do much else. And I'm sure they will design the offense for – they will put a package together for the Browns game. That's a little more conducive to what Hodges is able to do. Uh, you know, whether that's like some bootlegs or whatever, I doubt that. Um, but, you know, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see the change. But, you know, at the same time, I, I completely understand what Mike Tomlin was doing, you know, in, and I continue his decision moving forward. But at the same time, would I be shocked if, you know, Duck doesn't play that well? If they're like, yeah, next week we're going back to base. And they'll be like, yeah, I could have told you that too. I know it tickles everybody's fancy that Duck is the quarterback right now and Pittsburgh loves the story and they love somebody that they can identify with and the whole duck hunting thing. Whatever. It's cool. That's not going to win you football games by bringing a bunch of duck calls to the stadium on Sunday. So, I'm, you know, thinking long-term, I can't see Duck really on a quarterback or being the team's quarterback for more than two more seasons, you know, even being on the roster I'm speaking of. So, because they're going to draft somebody else probably, then you're going to deal with Mason going, and I just, I don't know. I don't know. So, for the time being, yes, I'm excited. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not even going to look at past this week. Um, I think it was the right move. Um, I think you need to sit Mason down. If I'm Mike Tomlin, and this might sound ridiculous, and again, you know, I don't think you ever anticipate injuries, I, I, I might even sit him down making him inactive for this week and have Paxton be the backup. Um, just kind of let him let, – let, just kind of – it's like a, a hitter going through a slump. Just sit him down for a game, and, and in baseball it might be for a series – um, let him collect his thoughts, get back, and then have him come back to work um, and see and go from there. But, again, it all depends on how Duck does. If Duck goes out there and lights it up, obviously, Mason, you might have got Wally pipped, even though you were trying to Wally pip Ben. But, you know what I'm saying. The point is, if Duck goes out there and lights it up, um, you got to stick with him. But, if again, if they, if they win, but Duck's kind of like, eh, you know, I could definitely see a scenario where they go back to Mason next week. I think, again, a lot of stuff was going on off the field and – I think Mason being a young quarterback, and Mike Tomlin talked about it. They had a lot of conversations last week about non-football stuff, about how being how handling this kind of stuff when you're in when you're in the NFL and, and the you know the spotlights on you. How it was with Mason, 
So, to me, I'm very excited about this opportunity for Duck. Again, I've kind of always kind of been this way in terms of my thoughts on Duck. Not a big fan of Duck as a football player. I but I appreciate, but I do appreciate his his fearlessness. Um, I appreciate the fact that he doesn't give a damn. He doesn't know enough to know any better, right? Um, I appreciate that, but I'm not sitting here saying, "Oh man, this is the next." Some people are saying, "You know, this is the next, you know, Tony Romo or next Drew Brees." Uh, no. Right? Um, no. I, I'm not going anywhere near that. Um, I do, like I said, I, I I I can only go by what I hear from the guys in the locker room. Sounds like they like playing with him for him. Sounds like he gives them a little bit extra juice, a little bit more energy, which is fine. And again, they're in the midst of a playoff run. If he gives them the best chance to win, so be it. That's what you got to look. Um, I do think Duck can play well enough to win this game, no doubt about it. It's at home. Um, and I, to your point, I think they're a full week prep, full week's worth of reps uh, as the number one. Um, and it's at home. It's you know we'll have the crowd on the side, so it's not going to have to worry about being on the road and dealing with silent counts and all that kind of stuff. Um, Again, Steelers realize their opportunity to make the playoffs is right there in front of them. So this week, Devlin gives them the best chance to win. And so I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, so it'll be exciting to see, right? I mean, in the biggest game of the year, we got a guy named Duck starting yeah. at quarterback for us. I, um, I, I want to speak uh, to Mike Tomlin here briefly. And I, I mentioned this to you yesterday. And, you know, I think if you could – a, a lot of the, the template, if you will, for Mike Tomlin's press conference is the same. You know, he talks about the previous game. He talks about the injuries. He talks about the next team, and then he answers any questions. And usually in that third part, he talks about the team, and he kind of goes on and on and on about, you know. I mean, when they were playing the Dolphins, he made them sound like the, you know, one of the best teams that ever took the field. He always does that, you know. And I think that's a compliment of what good coaches do. However, I think he kind of skipped that this week. And I, you know, this is partially because they did play them two weeks ago. But – this was the most team-focused Tomlin press conference that I think I've heard in a long time, and obviously I pay attention to them more, you know, now than in the beginning um, of his tenure here with the Steelers. But you know, he was like, "Man, our guys got to go out and execute. Like, you know, we're focused on what we have to do this week." And you know, typically he's very, very complimentary of the other team, and he's kind of like, "You know what?" He's like, "We know what they, we know what they're capable of. We know, you know, they're very good players, but like, we're focused on the Pittsburgh Steelers." And I think that. Yeah, I think that's a really helpful kind of mindset at this point. Looking, we're going in there without our running back, without top wide receiver, without our quarterback, with a makeshift offensive line. You know, defense is pretty healthy, but offensively, like we are focused on what the Pittsburgh Steelers need to do to win. And I just think that's, yeah, I'm sure that's refreshing for the players. I'm sure that's, you know, also reassuring to the players. And hey, you know, we know he has our back, but it's nice to hear, you know, just kind of just how team focused he is right now. And, especially with all of the distractions. You know, you got Thanksgiving this week. You got all the stuff in the last Browns game. You know, the six and five that talked about possibly being in the wild card position. Like, just remain focused. And then, you know, obviously he's ex- – the most – the thing that Tomlin is most excited about is to unleash hell in December, which will be uh, – the game will be on December 1st. So, you know. No, and I, and I, and I agree with – like I said at the outset, you know, Mike Tomlin is, is a guy that – is a great leader of men. He understands the magnitude of games like this. I mean, he talked about it. You know, they wanted, they love being in these type of games. You know, they've been in many of them. Um, he talked about other games against Baltimore and Cincinnati, those kind of games. Like, they're used to these kind of games, and these are the kind of games that Mike Tomlin really – you know, he's definitely in, in there this week, letting the guys know how important this game is, how big of a game. He's not shy from that. They understand. Oh, yeah. um, and he's, you know, he's going to be – 
right there leading them um, and understanding the magnitude of this game and understanding what it means for the playoffs and all that. So they'll have the guys ready. And like, like you said, um, they've kind of been very businesslike since, again, they've been always talking about it. You kind of hear it throughout the locker room, trying to working a lot to get that September stench off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, starting one and four. Now they're sitting here six and five at the sixth seed. I think they understand, yes, while they've gotten themselves right back in the mix, the job is far from done. Um, so I think they understand that, and they understand what they need to do. So um, totally uh, understand why you would feel that way about having in business-like. And I think that's kind of what they've had their whole mentality this year, um, very business-like. And, again, you're not hearing, like, the Browns guys, you know, Sheldon Richardson after the game saying that he was hoping Mason would play. Um, I, I just feel like they have a way different approach these days uh, going into these kind of games. Uh, and go ahead. I nothing. Oh no! So again, I, I, I'm right there with you. Um, obviously, so and, and today they had the first practice. Injury report came out. Juju did not practice. He did clear concussion protocol. He does have a knee injury that he's still dealing with from the same play that got hurt with the concussion. Um, um, Alejandro Villanueva was a limited participant with a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm trying to I'm pulling up the injury report now. Those are the ones I knew off the top of my head. And also, Artie Burns did not practice, yeah. and James Conner did not practice. Yeah. For the Browns, Odell Beckham was limited. Tight end Demetrius Harris was full participant. Dontrell Hilliard was a full participant. Jarvis Landry was a full participant. Eric Murray, their uh, safety, was did not participate. Greg Robinson, who uh, came in apparently reportedly with some concussion-like symptoms, did not practice their starting left tackle. Um, that could be a potential loss for them. He's not very good. Um, Joe Schobert, uh, who had two picks in the last game, was limited with a groin. And Olivier Vernon, who they're trying to work them, himself back, uh, is, was limited with a knee injury. So, um, still is relatively healthy. Vince, obviously something happened off the field with a certain Juju Smith-Schuster that I know you wanted to talk about. Yeah, you know, third year in the league. Uh, I know he just had his birthday, 23. Um, you know, still an incredibly young player and a, a long, long season in the NFL. Um, but, you know, his, his role is continuing to evolve this team and you know he was it was baby juju when he kind of first got into this league you know him and Antonio Brown and Antonio Brown last year and this year he's taking the mantle and kind of the responsibility of him on himself I know he wants to be the leader and here's the thing we have all sped in the car before okay period blank and probably around that age is when we did so you know I'd say somewhere between 18 and 24 especially um just when 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 yeah, it's, it's bad enough you're driving that fast. Why are you using a phone to record that you are going that fast? You know, I don't care if there was a person, you know, beside him recording or if, even if he wasn't the driver. Like, we know if you're doing reckless things, you don't need to worry about it. Like, yeah, it's almost, you know, my generation, you know, our generation, I should say, and include the generation after us. You know, it's like we, we can think before we put up a phone here. I don't care that you're doing it. Just don't put it on social media because it's negative attention. And there is a singular focus to this week of beating the Browns and then continuing on and getting to the playoffs. And, you know, I understand that your mind doesn't need to be there 100% of the time, but you don't need to be posting these things. And it's just troubling. It, it's troubling because we are not far removed from it. We are not far enough removed from Antonio Brown that this crying crap needs to be keep happening. All right? And I'm not saying that 
Juju is going to be Antonio Brown. I think it's a special case what exactly happened to him. But this, these type of antics, it's that even that – I'm not even mad that he was going that fast. Like I said, it's just that he was recording reckless behavior. It's just dumb. It reminds me a lot of the Antonio Brown postgame video against the Chiefs. Okay? Get off your phone. Like, just do what you need to do. As soon as you get your phone, as soon as you post it to Instagram, it is. it can go to any corner of the world in an instance, and then it, it gets negative attention. Let's stop the the unnecessary stuff here. Don't post everything on your IG. All right, and I think it's also kind of insensitive that we, we understand, or at least I understand, that he does a lot of extra stuff as far as the charity goes, um, or he has a charity. He does a lot of stuff with the, you know, um, I think he plays Fortnite and the birthday parties and stuff, and he likes to show up. And, oh, he's living. He's 23. No problem with that. But, you know, after you've just been knocked out of a game with a concussion, you got a knee injury. Knee injury, you know, don't be doing you know, these extra things. We got a whole time between, you know, roughly January and August that you can be doing this stuff. Now isn't always, you know, during the season is the best time to do stuff. And I'm, I'm not going to say like Mark Madden stuff, and I'm not, you know, I'm not on the anti juju train. I'm just on the let's have some common sense about this. So that's all I have to say. So, Steelers, um, I was week, um, Vince, I know you're going to be very – I don't know if you're already aware of this, but Dan Fouts will be on the call this weekend. Nah, I might have to go then. Uh, <laughs> um, Iron Eagle, Dan Fouts, uh, I think Evan Washburn is their sideline reporter. Too much um, hair product. And I think I, th- I think they have actually moved up to the second team, I think. I think they might have booted Greg Gumbel and Trent Green. Um, They're both bad. They're both bad. They're both bad. They're freaking horrible. Man, I know Vince loves him some damn fouls calling the Steelers games. It's just Th- dumb. Like, Th- thankfully, they're not playing the Chargers. God, you, like, you listen to Tony Rowan, like, wow, you know, you're going to get fairly unbiased. He's like, you're going to hear a breakdown about a team. And then you got to, when you're listening to Dan Fouts, you got to hear about every feeling that Dan Fouts has about a particular team. Nobody cares, Dan Fouts. Why don't you break down what the quarterback's doing, what you actually supposedly played? Okay. We well, didn't play it, but. Love, I love, love, love to see Vince's energy towards the, the announcers. Uh, yeah. Let's say, safe to say, Vince A could be either be at the game or he'll be listening to the game on mute uh, on Sunday. But um, Vince, a- Vince and I will obviously again always try to get another episode in before the um, for the game. Obviously, with the holidays, um, could be a little bit difficult. Um, Vince, real quick, Thanksgiving question, right? What is the best side dish on the, on the, on the, the dinner table for Thanksgiving. My mom makes a really good stuffing, um, so it's it's between that and mashed potatoes. Uh, but if I had to choose one of those things, I'm going to take the stuffing because I don't have like you can go out there and get any like you can go get Bob Evans mashed potatoes. That's pretty good, but you got to make stuffing. You know, for Thanksgiving that's the right time. So I'm going to go stuffing. My man said stuffing. You didn't even sniff macaroni and cheese. I- that- you're not even going to go – you didn't even mention it. We don't – I never had macaroni and cheese for Thanksgiving. Okay. What? I'm dead, dead serious. Oh, my Lord. Well, uh, Italians don't have macaroni and cheese for Christmas. I'm just saying. Or for Thanksgiving, I'm just saying. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to bring some over because <laughs> us Puerto Ricans, I mean, we have everything. We got your collard greens. We got your yams. Sweet potatoes, we got the macaroni and cheese, your stuff. I mean, we got it all. 
Um, uh, the stuffing is not as good. I don't care what you say. We, we don't have collard greens. Now, in the South, we had collard greens when I was down there for a few years. But uh, we don't have yams either. I mean, it's just, you know, it's turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, you know, rolls, and a few other sides. Those are my, that's my main thing. I mean, I mean I, I'll even give you a green bean casserole. I mean, nothing? No, no, no. Oh, Vince, I got to talk to the, the mama and papa paparellas because I need, I need to know. I need to know what's up. Uh, I mean, I definitely, I definitely am probably going to go with macaroni and cheese um, as my favorite side dish. Um, I'm a late, I'm a late develop, a late bloomer when it comes to um, cranberry sauce. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I like to put that, like, I like to put that on my turkey now. Not the biggest turkey guy, but you put a little cranberry sauce, put a little, put a little funk on it. Definitely gives it some, yeah, definitely gives it a little bit more flavor. Um, and pumpkin or uh, sweet potato pie? A pumpkin. Got it. Okay, I'm going to go sweet potato. So we don't agree with, on, on a damn thing when it comes to the dinner table for Thanksgiving. That's um, more for me and more for you. Uh, that's fine. But nonetheless, like I said, we'll try to get another episode before the game on Sunday. Huge matchup. I'm really excited for this. Um, I can imagine the atmosphere is going to be on Sunday. Please, Steeler Nation, if you're going through the game, do not feed into the negative energy that any Browns fan, any Browns fan might bring to to you um again you're not gonna solve anything you're probably gonna end up missing the game if you do some dumb stuff anyway so we're there to cheer the Steelers on um and we need to act above that um if you feel the need to get active uh, if someone <laughs> disrespects you or someone in your party or your group or your family or your mother hey. um then uh, all by all means do what you need to do but for the most part keep it simple keep it peaceful um, and let's focus on making sure the Browns have all the trouble in the world trying to communicate on the football field on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone have a, a wonderful and safe holiday. Spend time with your family, your friends, um, and obviously enjoy football. Uh, I think really the only good game tomorrow is the Bills-Cowboys uh, game. I think the other two stink. Well, uh, I, I will I, I'll set a flyer in here for the last game because the Falcons did beat them. Uh, and the Saints can, I think, clinch the division with just, a, just think all. This, I think all they need to do is win on tomorrow night, and I think they clinch the division. And this game be, is in Atlanta. Yeah, so they can get tougher. I think it'll be. Good. I mean, I will tune in. Obviously, it's football on Thanksgiving. You have to, but yeah. again, um, ever like I said, everyone have a wonderful, safe holiday. Enjoy your enjoy your family. Uh, we will be back, um, if not before Sunday. Shortly thereafter the game, we'll obviously have our predictions on the Twitter page on Sunday morning. But for Vince, my name is Dimitri. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.